Hi, and welcome to the Savvy Social Hour podcast. This show is for female biz babes looking to up-level their business and become rockstar entrepreneurs in no time. I'm your host, Jenny, and I'm so excited to chat with you about today's episode. Let's get right into it. Hey, Savvies, you're listening to episode 26 of the Savvy Social Hour podcast. I'm here today with Rosemary of rosemaryrichings.com. So Rosemary is a copywriter, editor, and content strategist that creates website and blog content for retail and e-commerce brands that are seeking an online marketing content strategy. Her work has been featured on sites such as Buffer and Pro Blogger, and she's worked with clients such as eBay and Yellow Pages, which is absolutely amazing. So I can't wait to chat with Rosemary today about building your blog audience from scratch. So let's dive right in, guys. Hey, Rosemary. Welcome to the show. I'm so excited that you're here, and I can't wait to chat more about building a blog from scratch with you. So before we dive into the episode, tell us a little bit about yourself and your business and just how you got started doing it all. Well, so uh, I have a copywriting and editing content strategy business, and I specialize in the web and blog content side of that and work with e-commerce and retail businesses primarily. Mm -hmm. So I knew for a very long time that I wanted to eventually go into something entrepreneurial because I grew up in an entrepreneurial household. Um, My father is an actor and my mom used to run a diaper store. So it was always something that seemed appealing to me. And uh, I started around the timing that I did because I had just finished another job and I had, I had to get started on something. I, I, it was a period where I was like, wow, so what should I do next? So I, I just really put my head down and started pitching a lot of businesses and a lot of different publications. And as time went by, I got more referrals and that's what led me to where I am today, really. Awesome. Yeah. The first thing getting started and pitching people is like the hardest part, I think personally, because you get it like those first couple emails, like if you get rejected and things like that, it can be kind of like soul crushing because you're like, well, well, am I supposed to be doing this? Like, is yeah. this meant for me? That kind of thing. So yeah, just keeping up and making sure that you're just continuing to persevere through all that is really important. Um, so when, when did you start your business? Uh, in the summer of 2014. Okay. And so it's been a couple of years now. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And so I just basically found myself in a period of having to figure out what to do next. So I guess the summer was a good time to start because at least the weather was nice. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like people are, you know, they're out and about during the summer. So they kind of do usually tend to outsource certain things from my experience, at least like in the summer, I was super busy with my um, clients because everyone was like, well, I want to go hang out with my family or do all these things because my kids are off school and things like that. So it was, I felt like it was easier to gain like clientele during the summer um, because people were just like, I don't want to deal with it. Like, yeah, <laughs> I'm, ready. I'm ready to just, you know, take the summer off and kind of 
hang out with my family and things like that. So yeah, that's great. Um, so when you were first starting off your business and your blog, what were the first steps that you took to do that? Like and build your audience and things like that? Uh, well, those both have a slightly different story. My uh -huh. blog started a little earlier than my business. Okay. Uh, I was in college at the time and I loved to write and I wanted to do something for it. But the idea of putting myself out there and being published in a traditional way seemed a bit intimidating. So I heard about this blog thing and I thought it seemed like a cool idea. So I just got started on that. And most of how I built it was through word of mouth. I would just tell groups I was part of, I would tell family, I would tell friends. But the business side of things, well, that more just started because uh, first I started working with a family friend mm -hmm. and then some of those pitches came through because they liked what, I, what they saw on my blog. They'd read some of the guest posts I'd done. And so that is what uh, kickstarted my business, really. That's awesome. So your blog, is that more of just like a personal side thing or is it tied into your business at all or how is that related? It started as a personal side thing. And then as time went by, I got more laser focused on keeping it to just one audience and one specific topic. Okay. And then the two started to really cross over into each other. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, because like some people have, because personally for me, I have like my my side blog that is like, it's profitable, but it's not my main thing. And then I have my blog that's within my business that's like hyper-focused on the topics that I talk about. So it's interesting. Yeah, I find that quite common too. Yeah, I, I just like to have that other outlet for, for me because it's like, okay, I get to be a little more like personal and not as formal. Um, so it's nice to be able to write about a variety of different topics versus just yeah. media business and blogging tips. So yeah, no, that's great. So when you were building your blog initially, kind of what other than word of mouth, like how did you go about building an audience? Cause you know, not everyone has, um, that strong support system personally. So like, you know, digitally and things like that, did you kind of venture into, um, other routes than just mostly word of mouth for that? Uh, well, Facebook was okay for me. That was a huge part of the growth. Uh -huh. um, just the idea of joining groups and being like, I've got this post that you might be interested in. You should check this out. And then one person deciding that's appealing to them mm -hmm. and then passing it on to the other person and so on and so forth. That for me was a huge part of taking it from just a personal hobby thing to uh -huh. something that could be taken much more seriously. Yeah, for sure. I remember when I was first starting out, I was just like writing and I was like, well, I hope people like this. And you know, the more visitors I got to my website, the more serious I got about it because I was like, oh, people are actually looking at this. Like, it's not just me, you know, having like a diary online. It's like people yeah. are um, I really found looking at things like the stats in the beginning too were a little bit scary. Like yeah. that's my one word of advice. Don't look at the stats in the beginning. Yeah. Look at what people are doing when they read your post. Are they sharing it? Are they saying that was really appealing to my life for X, Y, or Z or stuff like that? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause even if you only have like 200 page views a month, if you're getting good feedback in terms of shares and comments and things like that, it's more beneficial than having a thousand empty page views. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I mean, sometimes, you know, people like people get, um, sucked into the vanity metrics and things like that. And they're, they're like, Oh, well I have X amount of page views, but it's like, but you don't have an engaged audience. Like you have like two comments. If you have 10,000 page views, you just have more than that, you know? So, yeah, I often tell my clients that too, because they get so <laughs> caught up in the a hundred Facebook shares versus a thousand or this many likes versus that many yeah. likes. It's like, hey, like in a day that Facebook is not promoting your content, if you're getting a hundred shares, that's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> like, th- like take that as a win because nowadays your content probably gets pushed to like a fourth of your audience, if that. So if you, yeah. if you get a hundred likes, then you're doing really well. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So when you were first starting out, did you find it difficult to start growing an audience and kind of growing your traffic? Like, did you ever have points where you were like, um, like, is this ever going to happen or where you felt like I, you should quit or anything like that? Or was it cause it was more personal? Um, it wasn't as big of a deal. Cause I know a lot of people these days are like, Oh, well I'm not getting this many page views and it's been X amount of months. Like I, this is for me type situation. So more when I got really burnt out or when I got to the point where I was trying to keep ideas going. And I was trying to keep the interest going and I would have a million other things going on and I'd be like, Oh, why am I doing this? What's this blog? What's the purpose of this blog anyways? And then I'd see the audience. I'd see what I'd built up over time and I go, Oh yeah. Right. (laughs) Yeah. You're like, okay, this makes sense. Yeah. I know. That's, that's for me. That was my first thing. Like that I kind of, that took a backseat in terms of like, whenever I got too busy, I'd be like, okay, well, I'm just going to not write a blog post this week or something like that. And then, you know, at the end of the day, it, yes, it took something off my plate, but it was something that I enjoyed. So it was like, well, you know, why am I sacrificing my one thing that is like fun for me in life right now? Other, you know, cause I'm in school or I'm doing this and that. Um, but yeah, that was always the thing that took the backseat for me too, when I was kind of trying to figure out what I was going to do. But um, in terms of growing, um, were, did, did it take, like, how long did it take for you to feel like your audience was coming, like it was being consistent and people were coming back for more? Well, um, once I started guest posting, that made a huge difference. Yeah. Uh, it started with writing some guest posts for, there was some authors. One was a romance author and one was a nonfiction author. And they had a very open, friendly community for writers where anyone could just write about uh, how writing is relevant to their life. And that gave me my confidence really to keep going and to keep reaching out to people. Mm -hmm. And then from there, grew into more major blogs. And then honestly, for me, that was more what gave me the indication that my blog was growing. Okay. Do you still find guest posting to be pretty effective or do you not do it as much anymore because you're busy with clients or how to like, what do you, what is your strategy for that now? Uh, guest posting. Yeah, I, I definitely still do it. Um, cause it produces a lot of results. Yeah. Uh, 
obviously writing is one of my strong points mm -hmm. and the more I carefully target it towards just who I want to reach at that time, the more it, I, it actually builds interest and mm. people want to pay attention. So whenever I can, but really more as my, the business side of things grow, it starts to get a little harder to yeah. keep up with the, the guest posting side of things, but I try to do it as much as I can. Yeah. That's why I'm trying to branch into things more like podcast interviews and things like that. Cause it's like, it's a little less time consuming than writing content because you're just speaking. And then once it's done, it's done. You have to go in and edit it because you know, yeah. that's just, you're talking back and forth. Um, but yeah, I've done some guest posts too, and I found them to be pretty helpful. Um, but yeah, like you said, it's something that gets harder as your business grows because you're, you know, you're more focused on your clients than, you know, visibility type things for yourself. And of yeah. course it's still important to continue to get yourself out there even when you are busy with your clients, but it's just one of those things. It's like, okay, do I do client work or do I do a guest post? Like what, yeah. what is, what's the better option here? What's going to bring me money? Yeah. Well, sometimes I find just finding a way to be like, I'll spend X amount of hours on this and I'll spend X amount of hours on that. And it, it often helps too if they're in another time zone and I know if it's something where I have to communicate back and forth a lot to get the work done. Mm -hmm. But uh, if I like spend the morning doing that and then I spend the rest of the day doing a guest post or whatever. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Yeah, so um, in terms of guest posting, do you do like, do you try to do like once a month or something like that? Like how does, what is your um, schedule for that typically like? Once a month, once a month I'll, I'll put it in my, my Trello board and uh -huh. I'll just put a deadline for um, putting some kind of pitch out there or reaching out to some of the people I've written other guest posts for before or at least because as much as I'd like to more often, it gets tougher more as time goes by. Yeah, no, I completely get it. Sometimes I'm like, I don't even have time to barely even write up posts for my own website, let alone other people. So yeah. <laughs> I, I completely get that. Yeah, no, that's really, that's really important. And it's good to, you know, be able to utilize other people's audience and kind of have that mutual benefit because they are not having to write a post that day and you're getting access to their audience. So yeah. So in addition to guest posting, what other tips do you have for people starting out and trying to grow their audience as a new blogger? Well, really focus on providing value. I was, I was saying that to, to one of my clients the other day as well. Uh, we were doing like a content strategy call and he was just starting his own blog. Mm -hmm. And he was, he was so overwhelmed and I found that was like just the one thing he was lucky enough to already have a few posts and they were just very basic how-to stuff. Mm -hmm. I find in the beginning it's more important to just focus on laser focusing into your audience and uh -huh. providing something that helps them. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree with that because, you know, people are pretty selfish. They want, they want people, they want to read something that they can walk away with something actionable from. If it's just like a post about, you know, your favorite fall picks, like that's not really going to be beneficial to anyone unless they are very similar to styling you. So yeah. um, just being able to provide like 
value and having someone walk away and feel like, okay, at least learned one thing from that post, it's beneficial to you and the reader because they'll keep coming back for more. And I find search engines are getting really smart in that way. Where, uh, they're getting much, much better on picking up on what's relevant and yeah. what's not. And so I think now more than when I first started, that's the most important part. Yeah, gone are the days of keyword stuffing. Because I remember there's some posts that I read, I've read like not not recently because people are kind of realizing okay that's not a good strategy anymore. But where posts are like almost not even readable because they're trying to appeal to the search engine. And it's yeah. like okay that that sounds like a robot talking. Like that doesn't even sound like a person. So I think people are kind of catching on that they shouldn't be doing that anymore. But like as you know, two years ago, people were still keyword stuffing and it um, made posts kind of weird to read. They didn't flow properly. Yeah. And unfortunately, that also means that some small businesses are under the impression that that's oh, crap. a thing to do. Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's definitely not like, because, you, you know, you look at these people and you're like, okay, well, you're kind of trying to see what you should do. And then you get wrong examples like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, any other tips for kind of growing your audience? I mean, those are really great tips because a lot of people kind of get very scared about um, SEO and trying to get on search engines. Um, but you know, I, is it, do you think a community like building community is helpful? Oh yeah. That's definitely the most important part. Um, I found like to give a good example of where I found someone did that really well. Um, I don't know if you heard of them, but, uh, think creative collective. Oh yeah, of course. I love them. <laughs> yeah. They're awesome. Yeah. Um, they have, they're in their Facebook group. I remember seeing a post where someone wanted to start a copy writing blog for entrepreneurs uh-huh. and they didn't know where to start and they just basically were straight up like I want to explore all the things that entrepreneurs find difficult about mm-hmm. copywriting what do you find difficult and I think that the most valuable thing people who are just starting blogs can do is just do little things like that and just not be shy about asking what other people actually want. And then in a sense, it's kind of like market research because, you know, they're kind of seeing what other people are looking for. And I do that too, even though I'm not brand new, I'll kind of say like, what do you want to see from me? Or like if, or if we're spinning it into like a social media manager, like what, what kind of things would you expect a social media manager to do for this price point? And then people will tell me and then I'll kind of get ideas of like what people are thinking. Because sometimes it's like um, people have completely different expectations than what you're trying to offer them. So it really helps to kind of, even in the beginning, just to do that market research and see like, if I was doing this, would you be interested? You know, it just helps in the long run. And it starts to help build the community as well, because you could become friends with some of those people that responded to you even. And people by nature like that. People are always just so self-conscious about asking that, like, but what do you want me to cover question? Yeah. Yeah. And I don't, and for me, I love asking that. Cause like, yeah. I, when you get to that point where you're like, I don't even know, like 
I'm kind of not, you're not out of ideas, but you need a little bit of inspiration to get your creative juices flowing. It's really nice to be able to consult your people and say, Hey, like, what do you want to see from me? And then they'll give you 10 ideas that you probably would have never thought of. Yeah. Cause you're so stuck in your own business. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, so let's hop into the three questions that I cover with everyone that is a guest on the podcast. So what does it mean for you to be an entrepreneur and what is your favorite part about it? Oh, well, I'd have to say that's a two-part thing. Like there are two different things that I I find really keep me going with that. And it's just um, the basic idea of helping other people build community. Yeah. I've always personally been drawn to that. Like, like I mentioned earlier, I grew up amongst very entrepreneurial, creative parents. Uh-huh. And so I've always found it really appealing to be an important part of helping other businesses grow their community. And also, I guess freedom. Freedom is another yeah. one for me. Yeah, that's a big one. A lot of people kind of hint at that. And I totally agree. Being able to kind of set your own schedule and, um, you know, be able to change things around if needed. Like I have a dog and sometimes he needs to go to the vet and I don't really <laughs> want to take him on a Saturday or at night. So I can just be like, all right, it's noon. I'm going to the vet with my dog. But in a traditional job, you can't really do that as much. Yeah, it's great to not have to ask people permission. Yeah. Yeah. When I want to take a day off and like, Hey Jenny, you, uh, you want to take a day off? Okay, cool. I asked myself <laughs> that. No, not yeah. really, but it's like, I, I, it's nice to not have to consult with a boss because sometimes they can, they can shoot you down. You're like, and it's hard because you know, you are hoping that they'll give you that day off. And sometimes they're like, mm, it's not a good day, but yeah. Yeah, whenever you're your own boss, if you want to take a random Tuesday in July off, you can do that. <laughs> Or just the freedom to just go anywhere and just as long as you have your laptop. Yeah. I remember one time I wrote an entire blog post for a client on a train to Paris. Wow. That is, (laughs) that's just a digital nomad at its finest. (laughs) Or sometimes I'd be just sitting at my desk or something else like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's really nice to have that. I mean, typically when I go on vacation, I try to keep it like this is vacation time. Um, but I can see the appeal of, you know, being a digital nomad. If you're someone who doesn't actually have like a permanent home and you just travel and do your online stuff, that would be really cool. Um, but yeah, so that's awesome. Um, and next is what's your favorite tool that you use in your business? This can be like anything digital, like apps or even like a paper planner or something like that like what is just something that really aids you in your business and you couldn't live without currently i'm absolutely obsessed with zapier oh yeah zapier is awesome yeah i i just love the idea of um having a computer do a lot of the work that i don't enjoy doing yeah (laughs) like all the all the follow-up emails and all the like signing up for invoices yeah so, so what are like what are some of the zaps that you have it do? Uh, whenever someone is a new customer, it sends it sends an email and is like, "I really thanks for joining and uh, 
all that and it welcomes them and gives them instructions. Oh, that's awesome. That's an example of one of them. Yeah, no, that's really cool. I use it for like things like um, adding like appointments to my Trello. But the thing about that is I have so many different appointments. It it's hard for it to tell like, okay, they scheduled to her cutie, but what is this appointment? So it just, yeah. I'll have to go and change it and add like a name or something. Cause obviously it's not that smart, but it still kind of helps. Cause I don't actually have to go in and create the card. I just need to change up a little bit of information on there. Yeah. It, um, yeah. It's great for that too. And it's great for also cross-purposing on other social media channels as yeah. well. Yeah. It, it's definitely a lifesaver. Um, yeah. I, if you are not using that, people listening, definitely give it a try. It's kind of, it can kind of be confusing to set up at first, but there's so many tutorials on how to set different zaps up that you would never even thought of. Like some of them I'm like, whoa, that even, that integrates, like how? This is awesome. And then I like set it up and I'm super happy about it. But yeah, definitely check out Zapier. I'll leave a link in the show notes. And then lastly, what, who is your go-to business resource? This can be someone within your personal community or like locally or someone online, just someone that you are super inspired by and you just always feel like they're putting out good information. Uh, Copy hackers and copy blogger. I've always personally been very obsessed with them from the very beginning because I found their resources extremely helpful. So for people that don't know about them, basically it's copy hackers is a copywriting blog and they provide tips on everything from email campaigns to writing your about page to stuff like that. And copy bloggers more laser focus on just that, but more from a blogging perspective and digital marketing perspective. Yeah, I think things like that are helpful because I feel like personally, like when I have to write an about page, I'm like, I forget everything about myself (laughs) or I only remember like stupid stuff like that I like macaroni and cheese (laughs) that's not really helpful but But still it's um it's really really helpful too I find also with blogs and also with things like about pages to have that personal quality and mention your love of tea or your (laughs) love of some movie or whatever because that personalizes the person and then you're reminded that there's a human being on the other end of that. Yeah, it's, it's not just like a robot or something. Yeah, no, that's that's perfect. Yeah, I, I like both of those resources too. They're definitely helpful. Um, well, tell everyone where they can find you, like your website and your social channels. Uh, okay, so my Twitter, which is probably my most, uh, it's the social channel I'm the most active on, okay. is at Rosie May underscore R. And my website is rosemaryrichings.com and my blog is rosywritingspace.com. Awesome. Yeah, I'll leave everything in the show notes. So for the people that are driving or not able to write that down, you guys can just go to the show notes at a later time and check those out. So thank you so much for being a guest, Rosemary. I really enjoyed talking about growing a blog with you and yeah. Yeah, thank you.
Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. You can find all the details from this episode by going to www.savvysocialhour.com slash episode 26. Make sure to join the Savvy Social Community Facebook group for daily prompts, updates on the podcast, and so much more. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. You can find us on the web at www.savvysocialhour.com. Please follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Savvy Social Hour and like our Facebook page at www.facebook.com slash Savvy Social Hour. New episodes will be released every single Tuesday and Thursday. See you next time.